Hi everyone, this is Working Title, the podcast where we, four intrepid, handsome, intelligent, and entirely fraudulent reviewers, watch and review IMDb's top 250 English language movies as of November 2019, going from bottom to top. So watch along with us, and... You know, I imagine going to Kansas, like, as soon as you cross the border into Kansas, it just becomes sepia. Alright, yep, we're good. All right, we're going to need to cut that. Um, (laughs) (laughs) All right, everyone, welcome back to another episode of Working Title, the podcast where we review the top 250 English language movies as rated by the good people of IMDb. Now, this is week 33 for us, movie 33. And uh, what we watched this week is none other than the 1939 classic, The Wizard of Oz, a movie that needs no introduction. I don't think there's anyone in the country who isn't familiar with this, but, you know, a a girl is caught up in a cyclone and uh, tossed from her home in Kansas to a a fantasy land where she goes off to meet the wizard and makes friends and helps him along the way. Uh, She has a little dog, too. Um, So, you know, it is one of, if not the first color movies to uh, reach the big screen. So it's it's really notable, and I'm sure we'll talk about it a bit when we get into it. But before we... Um, before we really get down to it, let's introduce the reviewers in the studio. And, uh, as our prompt today, if we were, you know, found in a field or forest or jungle of Oz by Dorothy, what would we be going to the Wizard of Oz to find? And, um, I'll start us off. Oh, and, you know, for extra credit, what garbage would the wizard give you? instead of actually giving you what you wanted. Um, I would uh, I would go to the wizard for some intestines so I can eat bread. Um, <laughs> Holy Christ. It's not going to make any sense to anybody who doesn't know you. Well, I mean, I think they can surmise from context that I can't eat bread. Um, and I'd probably get from the wizard just a bunch of like the the shitty gluten-free bread that I have to buy at Whole Foods for $6 a loaf as a consolation prize. The bread was the friends you made along the way, Jack. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Christ. That was good. All right, Mike? Uh, I guess if I could ask for anything, I would ask for maybe like another pair of arms. Kind of like Goro <laughs> from Mortal Kombat. <laughs> that was pretty cool. I don't know what to do with them. He's gonna give you arms, but you gotta use string to operate the other arms. So you are just puppet arms. Yeah, so you lose function of the two arms you have. <laughs> I'm deducting points because you don't know what you'd sing about in the song. If only I had two more arms. I could be like Goro from Mortal Kombat. That's a movie that probably will not be on this list. Just a shame. Damn shame. Shane. Hmm. Hello, my name is Shane, and I would ask the Wizard of Oz to find my dad. (laughs) And for the trash he'd give me, he'd just give me my dad. (laughs) Oh my god! Careful careful what you wish for. (laughs) You know, careful what you ask for, you know? (laughs) She might just get it. Jesus. Now, it would turn out that the wizard was your dad and he flew away in a hot air balloon from a circus. <laughs> and I have Mike with his Goro arms beat him up. <laughs> oh my god. Oh, oh my god. Oh boy. Is it hot in here? <laughs> that's that's a deep cut. Ironically, what if my dad listens to this podcast? <laughs> well, I'll tell you right now, we've only got what, three subscribers. One's me and one's my mom. So, <laughs> Dad? There's room. Holding out for number three. Oh, oh my God. <laughs> oh, 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 oh. <laughs> All right, <laughs> it's not your dad. <laughs> All right, Mike. Oh. All right, Jude. Who are you looking for? Uh, I'd go see the wizard for the heroin. 
Can I change my answer? Can I also look for Shane's dad? <laughs> no, we may need your forearms, Mike. <laughs> oh, holy cow. Okay, that went better than we thought. I laughed thoroughly on that one. Okay. Are, are we keeping that? Huh? Oh. <laughs> Man, I don't know how I'm going to... F- I feel good about it now, but I don't know how I'm going to feel about that when we edit. <laughs> when we get to editing. You want, you want to run for directors? <laughs> also, now I f- feel like a fucking drug addict because nobody gave me a chance to explain. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> explain, <laughs> dude. Now it's definitely <laughs> Now we have to keep all this banter in for context. <laughs> oh, I'm, I'm crying. June, why, why would you want heroin from the wizard? <laughs> because did you see the munchkin scene? Nobody's sober in Oz. <laughs> no one is sober in Oz. What, would he just cop out and give you fentanyl or something? <laughs> it's all no, cut. I, with- no, I'd get Shane's dad. <laughs> <laughs> That's why he left. <laughs> Now, oh. we know it's, now we know it's over the rainbow. Shane's dad oh. and heroin. The Wizard of Oz. The search for Shane's dad. <laughs> oh my god. Oh. Okay. Oh. Hopefully Fuck. our audience is cringing as much as everybody else. Isn't there like... Never mind. I was going to say okay. I was going to say something about the TV show Oz where they're in prison. That might be where your dad is. <laughs> Alright. Okay. Where the hell were we? Well, we're not in Kansas anymore. <laughs> nice. All right. Um, okay. All right. So, uh, like we said earlier, the Wizard of Oz needs no Wizard of Oz. Wizard of Oz. Wizard of Oz needs no introduction. Um, it's honestly hard to imagine someone who has grown up in the United States who does not have some uh, familiarity with it. Um, it is, it is just so iconic. I remember, like, the songs from this movie being sung to me as a lullaby, uh, watching it as a child. It, it's it's like a Disney movie. It's like watching Snow White or something like that. Though it's kind of funny. I think we were all kind of discussing earlier. So I know I have seen this countless times, but I was shocked by how much I didn't remember about this movie. <laughs> but yeah. we'll, we'll talk about that in a, in a bit. Um, I think no. I think we could set the stage uh, here by kind of showing the or telling the recollections of each of us. You know what I'm saying? I yeah, even, yeah. I didn't even know they saw Oz more than once. I thought there was just one meeting with him. I uh, I had no recollection of that. The Kansas scenes were so um, that the Numerous. Kansas scenes. Well, there was there was so much of them before she goes to Oz. Yeah. So I had an actually like seen this movie on my own accord um well nobody I'm, has I'm sure, I'm sure like 20 years ago you know it was on as as background noise or on tv or some shit but you know i didn't like coherently watch it nor was i like old enough to really understand it right but i think it, it was crazy to me that over the years i had just like osmosed this movie from like <laughs> pop culture you know i like it no pun intended osmosed. Yeah, my recollection is that this is a movie. Yeah. Um, my strongest memories of this are of the flying monkeys, which is probably because those were the most traumatizing elements to mm-hmm. me as a child. Um, Other than the intro of this movie in Kansas. So fucking boring. <laughs> um, but yeah, so Mike, tell us about what happens in this movie. All right. So in the beginning of the film, we start out with Dorothy coming home to her uh, aunt and uncle. They live on a farm in Kansas. And uh, she is coming in with um, a problem with her dog. Apparently, her dog Toto bit the mean old lady who lives down the way, whose name was Mrs. Uh, Gulch. And uh, she, this woman is, I guess she's kind of like, she owns most of the property around there. She's kind of like more powerful or something like that. Um, but she comes in to their house and demands that they they take Toto to the sheriff to be destroyed. Um, and Dorothy wanting to save her dog decides to run away. So she, she packs up. She'll well, hold on. That's not exactly what happened. So the, the mean old lady takes the dog 
And on the way to give it to the sheriff to be destroyed, um, the dog escapes and goes back to Dorothy. And then Dorothy, with the dog returning, decides to run away to try to save Toto. That's what happened. So the way that Dorothy runs away, she runs out to, you know, I guess the middle of the field or somewhere in Kansas. It's all big field. And finds a man who's... Um, <laughs> she finds a man... fucking field. Who, who he runs like a, a traveling kind of like he's, he's like a like a gypsy kind of person like he, he's a soothsayer what, what have you his name is um the what is it the farm she finds <clears throat> professor marvel professor yeah, marvel so, so she finds uh, uh, yeah, the Dr. first presenter, mr marvel and <laughs> and uh, he tells dorothy's fortune and really what he did was he kind of stole the picture that she had and kind of talks Dorothy into going back home. On her way back home, though, a big storm kicks up and comes in, and uh, some of the farmhands that she met a little previously, who end up being the, the characters later on in the, in the film, uh, they're they're kind of scrambling around trying to get everybody in the shelter, and they can't find Dorothy because they didn't know that she had run away. Uh, when she gets back, they'd already locked up the, 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 uh, the storm shelter, and she runs into her house into her window where the wind blows open her window and knocks her unconscious. Um, in her state of unconsciousness, she starts to kind of hallucinate that she's spinning around in the house and wakes up and she sees uh, a bunch of uh, the characters that she'd already seen in real life out the window. And uh, they kind of, the Mrs. Gulch lady, she transforms into this witch that's flying around on a broomstick. And the next scene is the house spinning down and crashing into an unknown area where Dorothy gets up, opens the door and we're met with, uh, a colorful world now where it had been previously black and white. We now see that color has come into this land, which is the, the land of Oz. I was reading your notes for this, Mike, and I wish you would have just gone with those. Those are excellent in the, uh, the old chat there. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> As quoted, started film to enter Sandman. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> nice. So. You, know, you go ahead. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Oh, you no, did. Thank you. No, you go ahead. Okay, oh, I'll go ahead. You, you historically so I, always go I, ahead. Uh, well, I'm going to go ahead then. So, at you the beginning ahead. of this film, I was I, I one of the things I actually didn't remember about this film, and uh, along with what you were saying about how much time was actually spent in the black and white world, um, Fuck. how terrifying the black and white world was. That that twister in the background is like Tim Burton esque scary for this film. It looked like they filmed on location of an actual twister. <laughs> yeah. I was like, that's really good. <laughs> so I didn't realize, I didn't, I definitely did not remember the, uh, the color shift. Um, but from, you know, imagery, uh, promotional work or whatever, right. I'd, I'd always like kind of known this film was in Technicolor, which is crazy. You know, 1939, we are yeah. uh, seeing a Technicolor film. Fuck you, Peter Bogdanovich. Um, <laughs> But Beat your heart out. <laughs> I did not know like so when when I started this movie um and everything was in sepia I thought like I, there was a different version or something you know I had to like look it up I was like oh no shit like I think it was, that was really good big reveal a really good stylistic choice um mm-hmm. and I I can only imagine in 1939 like kind of the reaction that would have invoked yeah, oh, blew your mind, been. I even thought it looked good when they switched. I was like, damn, oh, yeah. that is really well shot set and created. And I got a whole lot to say about that. But yeah, 1939, I can imagine my mind would have been blown. Yeah, I, I definitely agree. But before we step uh, too far into the, the realm of color, some of the effects of the tornado were hilarious. The, <laughs> the way, so I mean, she knocks her, she gets knocked out by a, a piece of debris flying through her window or something and you see various projected or superimposed uh items or things like flying past her window like an old lady knitting and you know the the grouchy old lady turning into a witch on a broom and i i don't know i, I found it quaint and fun like an overhead projector and was moving yeah, yeah, around exactly. on the screen. Yeah. Well, it was back in the day we could actually hit your actors with shit too. Like that window oh exploded God. onto her. <laughs> I was like, oh God. <laughs> we are a hundred percent coming back to this. So much dangerous shit happened yeah. during this movie. <laughs> <laughs> to so, include dog destruction, Jesus. That's what they called it back then. Not putting your dog down. Here, I'm here to destroy I mean, old Fido. 
it was kind of a premise. I, I, did she even say she was like trying to kill Toto? She just said she wanted him. No, she said destroyed. Oh, destroyed the dog. She's gonna mm. not only that. She's gonna have the sheriff do it. Like, oh yeah, <laughs> you gotta take it down to the county dog compactor. This is rural Kansas, like farmland. <laughs> you think they would have a vet or somebody out there who could do it? No, he's gonna take it to the guy with the gun. This is just a real dark opening. <laughs> yeah. Couple more notes on the uh, the technical aspects here. Um, you mentioned the tor- the tornadoes and all that, and like the overall kind of shittiness of the Kansas sequences. I'm curious to see how all, like, the matte painting was received back then. Um, Mm. Because during the Kansas scenes, the matte painting was trash. Yeah, it was really bad. But is that me looking at it from, you know, today's, like, special effects kind of lens? Or, you know, did people back then... Well, I mean, what what movies have we seen that were fairly contemporary, right? Like, maybe um, uh, Kind Hearts and Coronets or... They had good matte paintings. Rope, rope. Yeah, rope. Rope was no. Rope was even a little later. It was like ten or fifteen years later, wasn't it? Yeah. You know what's interesting uh, is I found I found when it switched over to Technicolor that the the backgrounds looked worse than they did when they were in black and white to me. Actually, but uh, that was a stylistic choice. Well, I just um, meant I just meant that the te- the Technicolor made it very it made it more apparent to me that they were painted backgrounds. They really chinsed on their matte background guy. No, no, I I I read that as. Like the Kansas sequence was supposed to be a real, like a realistic matte painting, and in Oz, those were intentionally cartoony and stage-like. Um, that's well, how yeah. I read that. But I got yeah. like just like the 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 amount of I guess um, appearance to me personally was more apparent that they and maybe you're maybe what I'm what you're saying is they were supposed to be more yeah. um, unbelievable. Mm. But it, it like I definitely saw them as like I'm, I paid more attention and during the black and white scene I wasn't really sure. paying much attention to yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I got gotcha. you. Yeah, yeah. It definitely faded into the background, which mm-hmm. makes sense as it's literally the background. That being said, the actual tornado shots—not when the house is in the tornado, but the the footage of the cyclone was like awesome. Yeah, it was horrifying. Like I don't know how they did that and made it so freaking realistic. But yeah, like that, that was a weird clash because I remember noticing in one second, wow, that is clearly a matte painting and it does not look very good. And then the tornado happens. I'm like, holy shit, did they fucking film this in a tornado? <laughs> they must have had maybe like a projection of something going on because it definitely like you could actually see the debris <laughs> spinning below it. Yeah. Yeah, very cool. Should we move a little bit more forward? I got one more note um, in the opening sequence. I was surprised and nor did I remember. Uh, I, I didn't remember uh, either that like the signature song is within like five minutes of this movie mm-hmm. yeah yeah and kind of mm-hmm. out of place it's like i don't know normally there's like some kind of setup like the grandma goes oh in old stories it says over the rainbow there's something but like she really extrapolates that out out of nowhere maybe because i've seen too many musicals now but normally there's a setup for the song in a way this one felt kind of not set up too much. I mean, it's set up where like, oh, there's a better place, but like her home, I don't know. It it was a real weird setup for me. Music in this movie was a little, I don't want to say strangely placed, but it was kind of, it was like sprinkled in almost and it was front loaded in kind of a way. What it it definitely wasn't a musical. It was like a I movie with songs. Yeah, I don't, so... <laughs> When I started watching, I had forgotten that it was it was in a sense a musical where there were a lot of singing like that. I don't remember, like obviously we all know "Over the Rainbow" and all the other songs, but it did not rem- like my memory did not re- retain that it was supposed to be a musical. In fact, like Judy Garland, uh, like when did people stop being able to sing like that? Like she was sixteen years <laughs> old in this film. <laughs> we're, we're, I think they're still out there. They just sing like. Demi Lovato songs now or something. <laughs> well, it's whenever we make the, the issue is that whenever we make a, a musical into a movie, people like Russell Crowe get cast. Oh, oh my God. God. Sake. <laughs> We're going to bring that up. <laughs> that's a, that's a good distinction though, Jack. Um, th- I think what makes this or separates this from a, a, a traditional musical is the characters are actually singing. They're not mm-hmm. conveying what would be lines through song. You know what I'm yeah. saying? 
Yeah, um, that's kind of gone away most of the time. Well, not to say most of the time, but a lot of the times these days, it really feels like people are just getting dubbed. Mm-hmm. There's a little bit of dubbing in this. Talking to your he, mic. He says from the other room. Sorry, I was, I was, never mind. Yeah, there's a little bit of dubbing in this, though. Like, you can see their voice doesn't match what they're saying. There's a little bit of dubbing in this. <laughs> oh, <laughs> I'm sorry. Okay, fuck, sue me. If you're talking about the Munchkins, then I think they that was just a a way yeah. to make small people voice. I don't know what they're trying to do with that. No, yeah. so there, Peter there is... Dinklage doesn't sound like high pitched when he talks. Like <laughs> there, uh, on the note of dubbing, there is some weird dubbing. So they they recast the the Tin Man partway through and didn't like redub some of his lines and group numbers, so you can hear the original actor. Oh really? In, in oh what? Some of the ensembles they didn't oh, record didn't everything. That. Huh? I did not know well, that. I mean, what that, did the Tin Man do? <laughs> that's coming from you know reading about the production. It's it's I I didn't personally catch it. Before we move on, um. I had a note here about did it did any of you guys feel off put? So like she's like walking on the fence, right? And she's talking to I think her uncle and they're like feeding yeah, yeah, feeding the pigs and she falls in and everyone freaks out like she's fallen into a pit of sharks. And I'm like, <laughs> what do they feed these pigs that they're so worried about Dorothy being in the pig pen for two seconds? Have like, you seen Snatch? That's what I was thinking. <laughs> I was like, what is her grandma into? Because <laughs> everyone's like, oh, no, Dorothy's in the pig pen. Get her out. Like, <laughs> Dude, those farmhands, man. Um, I... From knowing this story, you know, you could tell they were going to be the, the three other characters, right? Right. But mm-hmm. they were. if you didn't know the story, like, some of the interactions were very odd. Like, the guy that would be the scarecrow or whatever, um, he's like, just straight up tells Dorothy, who's supposed to be, like, 10 years old, like, you don't, you ain't got no brains. <laughs> yeah. Like, <You're> dumb. <laughs> Like, I may have thought that, but I've never straight up told a child, like, you're dumb as hell, <laughs> you know? Well, and they're like, you're dumb as hell. If someone try to talk to my dog, I will punch him straight in the face. <laughs> <laughs> but I would, you know, it, there was, like, a, a weird mismatch of kind of juxtaposing those two, like, Oz character versus Kansas character. Like, the, the Scarecrow, it would have made more sense if he was, like, self-admittedly, like, I'm not smart or whatever, and then we don't even get a hint that the other two are going to end up being, you know, the other two. A little bit so. of setup in the beginning, which for being in Kansas so long, I feel like it was rushed in that it nothing happened. Like you could cut the whole first part and just have Dorothy walking home and get swallowed up by a tornado and get the same effect for the Wizard of Oz. Well, not that's, well. What I took away from it was it actually kind of set up her fever dream that she had, right? So like she getting whacked in the face with a window, put her into a concussion, and then during her, you know, her coma, she actually is dreaming about. That's what I got from it as an adult, a thirty year old. As a kid, I didn't think about this, but now being more grown up, I thought this entire thing was just a figment of her imagination, and it was based right. off of the last thirty minutes of what she yeah. had been doing before she got knocked out. Because the witch made no sense to me when she transformed into a witch. I was like, wait, there was just a witch living in Kansas this entire time? <laughs> like, Have you no, they're not Kansas? in Kansas anymore. <laughs> As we know, any town of a certain size has a witch shape. <laughs> this yes. is true. This nice. is true. What a callback. Well played. That's a good time to move on now. All right. So when we get awakened um, in the in the land of Oz, she is in the Munchkin land. Um which I don't want to stay there too long because it's horrible. So she wakes up <laughs> and there's... I love Munchkin Land. Her house had apparently landed on one of the Wicked Witch of the East, which is the sister to the Wicked Witch of the West. And Galinda, the Good Witch of the North, shows up in the Munchkin world to, I guess, congratulate her for taking out her competition and <laughs> making her, spreading her grounds a little bit bigger. Um, so her, I guess her, her reward for dropping a house on this witch is a pair of ruby slippers that magically appeared on Dorothy's feet. And the, the, the wicked witch of the East, when she shows up, she wants those slippers. So apparently they're, uh, they're magic powers. Um, and Glinda kind of confirms this and says, don't give those up and sends Dorothy on her way to go home by way of a uh, yellow brick road, which is uh, a paved road on the ground. So Dorothy dances off down the road 
And along the way, she meets a couple of characters. She meets the the first one, which is Scarecrow. And as you all know, he's looking for um, he's looking for a brain. And um, we also meet the Tin Man, who is in search of a heart. And lastly, the Cowardly Lion, who's in search of not being cowardly anymore. Uh, she invites all of them along the way to join them to go to the wizard and kind of like gathers her posse up and um, gets to <laughs> gets to Seattle pretty quickly <laughs> at the Emerald City. And nice. In meeting the in meeting the uh, the Wizard of Oz, it turns out he is this he's this kind of like giant smokescreen looking ghostly head that's floating above some fireworks and. Um, he says that in order to give the wishes or grant the wish the wishes to the uh, the four of them, uh, they have to go and uh, take out the wicked witch of the east and get her broomstick. Uh, so that's kind of like the quest that they have before um, Oz will kind of uh, allow them to go back home and get all their stuff. So I'm just gonna come out and say the Munchkin costumes were hilarious. Oh my god, the whole Munchkin thing was like. <laughs> who ran this through the meeting and they were like yep this is solid <laughs> dude wow th- it, I, I was thinking that like imagine trying to execute that today <laughs> <laughs> do you think oh. it would get taken down because the lollipop guild is a union and they don't want any talk about it <laughs> <laughs> oh well in like this whole thing where i was like do you think the munchkins were pissed after they did this whole rehearsed song and then find out there's just another witch that's going to torment them, like, God damn it! Like, <laughs> thanks, Dorothy, now things are worse than ever! Dude, I was, I was a little confused by by the, the slipper exchange. I was like, is this like the Santa Claus where if you kill a witch, you become a witch? <laughs> this is all explained in the prequel known as Wicked. <laughs> but, yeah, I didn't understand it either. Going off of costumes, what was up with the uh, the scarecrow's face? It looked like it looked like he was yes! like Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Like I said, it looked like human skin. I was I, I put hello there, Dorothy. <laughs> I loved it. I thought it was so good. I thought it was. I thought the way they they costumed the uh, scarecrow, the Tin Man, and the Cowardly Lion was so impressive. I liked everything but the lion. I, I love their dance sequence. So each time they're they're met, each one does like a little dance, which represents their flaws, right? And the Tin Man, like when he's all rusty and they're like lubing him up as he's like dancing around. Like I thought that was that was really well done. I noted the choreography down is very good. Like, yeah, the, yeah. 100%. The synchronicity between the three characters was crazy. It was like perfect. It's crazy what you get children actors to do when you didn't have no, Which is funny because the Munchkin scene was very. For certain parts, it was very well choreographed, and other parts are like, wow, they have no idea where they're supposed to go on the stage. Like, people are going different directions, and they're turning at the wrong time. Like, the, especially if you note the soldiers, the little munchkin soldiers. Oh, those frustrated me. They, I feel like they were just put in at last second. Like, half of them must have got sick or something. <laughs> and so, because they're so offbeat, and like, Half of them will turn, and the others will be like, "Oh shit!" And you'll see them turn real quick. So it's it's pretty funny. Um, also, I remember enjoying the lion more this time. I enjoyed him because I was just like, "What the fuck?" <laughs> <laughs> like, who one wrote his lines? Two, when that actor came to audition and gave that rendition of the lion, they're like, "Yeah, lion's wolf." <laughs> <laughs> I was so confused by his his whole choice, and then he does an opera song, but he's like kind of a good opera singer. I I don't know. He was such a confusing character for me because Tin Man and the Scarecrow they they sound and look like good actors from that time. They have that voice mm-hmm. and everything. The Lion, he's just pulling from right field. <laughs> I I appreciated that. I liked that he was different, but I, I get where you're coming from on this one. I mean, it's entertaining, but this is uh, this section in particular was just like really what hit home how overwhelmingly um, like idiomatic this movie has become. Like, I I have never like heard these songs or, or like actively listened to them, and I, I just remember thinking like, how how why do I know all the words to these songs? 
know? <laughs> You're never going to get, we represent the lollipop oh, kill yeah. out of your head for the next week. Like, I, I've, I, can, I can't recall ever having seen that scene. But I know that song, you know. Who was like, it? The Lollipop Guild and the Lullaby Union, <laughs> <laughs> the People's Republic of the Lullabies, I, I the Democratic People's Republic yeah. of Oz. Lullaby, <laughs> yeah. Um, um, I do so, have one. Okay. Oh, go ahead. You go. No, ahead. you go. Ahead. Um. <laughs> so when Dorothy is like, okay. All right, I'm going to go to Oz, you know, talk to the Wizard of Oz. How do I get there? And Glinda says, all right, just take your broom. Because no one understands she's not a witch, right? Mm-hmm. And she's like, well, I don't have a broom, naturally. Um, and Glinda's just like, well, that fucking sucks. You're going to have to walk. <laughs> if only Glinda, I could transport you, you into a, a bubble. Don't you have a broom? Don't you transport by, like, chromatic bubble? Chromatic orb? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, G- Galinda does a couple things. Like, uh, with the shoes. You can tell Galinda has no idea what those shoes do. Because <laughs> she's like, I want those shoes. And she's like, well, Dorothy wants them, so I guess she gets them. But she <laughs> has no idea what the slippers do. But she's like, well, if she wants them, she gets them. She killed nah. her. You know, the rules <laughs> rules of the land. <laughs> That or she's just deliberately withholding information. Just yeah. She also well, seems remarkably unfazed by the Wicked Witch of the West showing up. She shows up and Glenda's just like, "Oh, look who it is." Well, I mean, yeah, they they're... went to school together. This is covered in a different thing, but <laughs> <laughs> an actual musical. Apparently, <laughs> apparently, there's um, there's there's Sioux Sioux tribe Sioux tribe rules in the Land of Oz. Take it a I'm not going to relitigate this. We already went over this in Dances with Wolves. <laughs> Dances with Slippers. Uh, are, are we going to transplant the Wizard of Oz into the Dances with Wolves plot? I want Kevin Costner <laughs> to blankly stare as he walks through Oz. Dorothy gets transported to Oz and figures out she has more in common with the Munchkins than with <laughs> the people of Kansas. Costner marries one of the Lollipop Guild. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> well, apparently we're all gonna have to go watch Wicked and do an episode on that. I mean, yeah, it's so much context. <laughs> <laughs> if only this were based on a book or a series of novels. <laughs> um, I I have some logistical issues with this movie. Yes, <laughs> let us, these let scenes. Us hear. Uh, the yellow brick road has intersections. Yes. <laughs> One cannot just follow the yellow brick road because okay. all of the roads are yellow brick. Let's remember who we heard this from. We were told this by Glinda, who clearly has, shit. has no actual interest in seeing Dorothy actually get to Oz. I mean, technically, she wasn't lying. You do follow a yellow brick road. She would have been better off just giving her directions like, go west. <laughs> because the Elbrick Road goes different directions. So or, she just gave her a cardinal direction. Or, oh, you want to see the wizard? Let me take you there because I'm a fucking witch and have magical powers. That's what I'm saying. Maybe, maybe the intersections were just like rest stops that uh, Dorothy could pull off at and just like take a nap. Have you thought uh, of that? Well, there's a, there's, there's a couple of scenes that actually are very similar in... in to uh, the Lord of the Rings, specifically the <laughs> castle scene a little bit later on. But, you know, oh, yeah. it's like saying that, like, you could have flown Frodo in with the eagles, right? Like, she had to learn the lesson, I guess. That's true. They, she cool, wouldn't have Alex. made the friends along the way. I'm yeah. going to give Mike the point on this one. It's <laughs> not a point system. Some other, kind of technical, <laughs> some other kind of technical notes. Uh, I didn't realize that uh, Michael Jackson stole the smooth criminal lean from the tin. Right? Man. Yes! <laughs> yeah. Yes, I was like, oh, shit! <laughs> so um, Michael, Michael I always had this question and it's because I've been too lazy to google it are they actually leaning or are there wires no they have there's part in the stage they walk up there's hooks in their shoes and they latch in uh, and then they can I don't know walk. if that's how the Oz one was done but that's how Michael Jackson did it <laughs> well, that's what that, I was referring to <laughs> that, that ruins the magic for me thanks Mike you're welcome <laughs> if that if that's gonna ruin you about Michael Jackson, I got some news for you. Oh boy, <laughs> that's gonna ruin the magic. 
I'm going to make no jokes. <laughs> Mike will get cut on this one, not me. <laughs> um, the, you son uh, of a bitch, you set me up. <laughs> smooth criminal. Nice. So we can say the the kind of similar things about like the OG Star Wars and, and all that, but just it's it's really cool seeing or really nostalgic seeing practical effects again. Yeah, yeah. Oh my God, Jack yes. and I were talking about that before we started the cast. How it was like, it's you can see through the effects, but they're so well done and charming that you you love them and you just miss that nowadays. Yeah, yeah. rather than being like a deficiency, it feels stylized. Yeah, I think for sure. I think a lot of that has come back into play nowadays, right? Like when, like the remake of the uh, the Dark Crystal, where they went back to puppets, where instead of using just you know CGI, like a lot of that kind of is coming back. I feel like, and it is a nostalgic kind of feel, and that's why I think people enjoy it. Well, I mean, you know, there I think there is kind of sort of a a, a pull back to this. You know, it's maybe a little niche. You know, I, I was talking earlier. Christopher Nolan does this a lot, um, or at least in some movies. And, you know, it's it's always a great result. But, yeah, when just too much effects feel lifeless, even if they're more realistic. Yeah. As far as they've even, you know, conversely, though, when Jurassic Park came out, like, go back and watch it now. It's it's pretty bad CGI. But I remember back then it was amazing to see that and how real it looked. You know, the, the comparison I make is, you know, with the old Star Wars, where if you watch the original rendition of it not like the not the, the george lucas cut yeah george lucas cut three four or five uh, <laughs> you know things are slow things move slow but there's a certain like it's almost like it's tactile you know there's a certain amount of like you feel like you could touch it yeah. which even you know in movies like i don't know like the avengers that look great you still don't have that same you know right something yeah um the other than the practical effects the first time i can like really say like set design was a contributing factor you know like really good yeah so uh, those those people put in some work man it was uh, (laughs) very well populated stages and like clearly in a studio you know yeah Mm -hmm. but but it it didn't like take away from it like other movies where you see the set and you're like oh we're just in a studio this one is like it gave you Willy Wonka vibes yeah even though Willy Wonka kind of took from this but it, you, it's that same kind of magical room feel you can see the uh, how much of the budget went into it I guess you can see <laughs> just the literal <laughs> union hours <laughs> building uh, all those flowers. I didn't. I, I didn't realize as a kid. So when they get to the Emerald City, right, the person who meets him at the gate, the, like the gate guard, he's um, he ends up being the you know he's played by the same actor that plays Oz. Like there's an Alec Guinness in in like the Emerald City where everybody in the Emerald City is just another version of the wizard. He's the other horse. <laughs> oh, dude, that horse. Anyway, Did, they um, painted that horse, right? No, it was no? Jello powder. <laughs> We'll get to that. We're going to get to the horse. Well, we're in that um, section. Let's talk about the horse. Yeah. All right. So, Jack, tell me the magic of making a horse change colors. I mean, we can talk about all of the horrible things that happened in the production of this. <laughs> we could say the, the animals. The, the animal abuse in this. And the people. And the actors. <laughs> so, yeah. So, there's the, the horse of a different color, you know, sequence, right? And they recolored this horse apparently with jello powder. Uh, also, notably, so. You know, we mentioned earlier that the uh, the Tin Man's actor was replaced. Well, the reason he was replaced is because the uh, initial actor had um, like a so they were painting him with aluminum powder to make him look like a, you know, a Tin Man. And uh, yeah. And so they um, he uh, was hospitalized because of that. And they replaced him and kind of quietly changed the, the way they did the makeup. Going from a, a powder to a paste. Wow. Um, so that was one. Um, <laughs> so I guess you know the the lion and the scarecrow. Um, the uh, I think it was the scarecrow. The way his latex mask was or makeup was attached left permanent marks on his face. Um, Holy shit! Wait, on and, who? Uh, 
What is Scarecrow. his name? Ray Bolger. Oh, shit. <laughs> and um, so, and then possibly most dramatically, so in that scene, right, where um, the Wicked Witch of the West drops, you know, through a trapdoor on the stage and the fire goes off as she leaves. Well, I guess in one take, um, the the flame, like, lit her makeup on her face on fire. Cool. <laughs> and, cool. uh you know, gave her third degree burns after which she came back to continue filming. But yeah, what a pro. What a pro. <laughs> is it? I guess this is, I guess it'd be better toward the end since we're, it's, it's, this definitely taken away a little bit of the magic of the film breakdown. But. <laughs> <laughs> well, you, 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 you asked for it. Yeah, when no, they I'll talk take, about I'll this take, movie, they just have a blank stare like they're a nom vet. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I'll take full credit. I'll, I'll take full responsibility for asking that. But isn't there a rumor that somebody was hung in the background? That's of the right. Set? That's this movie, right? Um, when she's walking through the forest with the fucked up supposedly, trees. Yeah, supposedly somebody killed themselves actually on the set. Whatever. Anyways, moving on. Let's go we'll a little bit later. I'll have to look later. that up. I'll, I'll, I'll Google it while you, you do your next thing. All right. You, should we move through the rest of the film? All right, go on ahead, Mike. Okay. <laughs> All right. So, uh, where did we leave off? So they, so we, they're they're quested by the by the Wizard of Oz to go and get the witch's broomstick. So they, Dorothy and the the her comrades, they decide to make their way over to the witch's castle. And along the way, um, Dorothy is captured by a bunch of flying monkeys who um who bring her and Toto to the castle. Um, when she gets to the castle, the Wicked Witch tries to remove these slippers from her, but it, like, hurts her. So instead of killing her right then and there, she flips over an hourglass uh, for dramatic effect and says, you have until the hourglass runs out and then you die, and then promptly leaves and locks her up in the top of the tower, giving enough time for the, the Cowardly Lion, Tin Man, and the Scarecrow to uh, be led back to her by Toto, who had managed to escape again, um, where they ambush some guards, they they put on their uniforms, and they sneak into the castle uh, the Tin Man uses his, his axe for the first time and hatchets open the door and uh, they pull Dorothy out where they have kind of like a, a Benny Hill scene where they run around the castle being chased by all the guards. Um, at this point, the Wicked Witch kind of like corners them and sets the Tin Man on, or sorry, sets the Scarecrow on fire. And Dorothy trying to put the Tin Man, or sorry, the Scarecrow out, grabs a bucket of water, throws it onto his arm where the flames are, and it lands on the Wicked Witch, and she she melts because of, of I don't know, hydration issues. Uh, so she's dead, and the, the, the rest of the guards apparently have been enslaved by this witch, just like the Munchkins were, and so they immediately are, are you know, good with Dorothy, and they allow them to leave. Uh, she returns back to Oz with the broomstick now, in hand and uh in returning the, the the wizard of oz denies their wishes again um uh, but toto manages to kind of pull back the curtain and it turns out that the the wizard is actually just a man who um surprisingly is also from kansas he uh was a showman in kansas and he is, he got stuck in a hot air balloon and i guess that flew him to oz so he uh isn't magical at all he's just a con man and in giving the the, the prizes to the the four of them he he gives the scarecrow a diploma, an honorary diploma, which then gives him intelligence. He gives the Tin Man a um, just like a heart watch, which I like. It's a, a bunch of cop out gifts essentially. And then the lion gets what did the lion get? The lion got he, he, um, he got a medal. Uh, yeah, he got a he got a medal like for, for <laughs> bunch of bullshit. The way he described it was like oh, it doesn't matter. But anyway, so they get their gifts, and then uh, he's like, "Well, I'll take you back to Kansas in my hot air balloon." baby and so he like she like tells dorothy to come with them but she doesn't she doesn't baby. like and attempting to go with oz in the hot air balloon toto jumps out again and dorothy again chases after toto and um even though he's a hot air balloon captain he doesn't know how to fly his own hot air balloon and he the oz guy just drifts away uh at this point belinda shows back up all the turfs are now hers and so she says uh, <laughs> what about the the good witch the of the south? south. Yeah. Well, I thought that was the I thought it was Oz. That old hag. I, I wonder if it's just like a Lord of the Rings situation. It's like the Blue Wizards. They're there, <laughs> but they, they fucked off somewhere. So, so to sum it all up, uh, Galinda says like you could have been home like ages ago. Just click your heels your heels together, and uh, she does, and wishes to go home. And she wakes up, um, coming out of her coma. Um, and all the people that she saw in her dream are standing around her back in Kansas where it's black and white again. And that's the end of the film. 
That's it. Hey, my notably, they never solved the Toto problem. <laughs> Toto is still an asshole. So at this point, Dorothy has committed double homicide. <laughs> um, yep. And so, man, there's, uh, there's this a. This was. Cover. Somebody mentioned earlier that this like shit kind of felt rushed. This was rushed. Oh yeah. yeah. And but at the same time, like they be- really belabor some points. Like the if I were if I were king song. I like, just can't wait to be king. That would have been good, but uh, no, th- that song was really drawn out and like completely random. Like yeah, none of these other he was characters. The only, yeah, he was the only character that got a second song. Yeah, and it was sucked. <laughs> yeah, it was like, it, it really was, was king, not good. I'd be in charge. If <laughs> I was weird. a forest king. <laughs> there's some weird favoritism that goes on near the end of this film. Like when when Dorothy's um, about to head out, she's saying goodbye to everybody, and she gets to the scarecrow and she tells him that he was her favorite the whole time in front of all the other people. Yeah. <laughs> for yeah, no I, reason. I, Even I, though I Tin Man's been the most useful. There must have been something that was cut that kind of built that up a little more. There was some yeah. stuff in this movie that was cut that honestly sounded weird, like Dorothy introducing swing music to the Munchkins, stuff like that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not even joking. There was some whole shindig about the jitterbug that got cut. <laughs> oh yeah. When, when they're getting ready to raid the Black Tower or whatever the fuck, because they're sitting there, I enjoyed that scene. I will say that I kind of had fun because like, it's kind of fun. They're all cowards, but they're going to get their friend, even though there's not really anything built upon why they're friends. They just kind of said, where are you going? Oh, sure. Well, they got to, go. they got to get the broom, man. That's their, like, that's their whole thing. They got to no, get their, yeah. Zordon sent them to uh, steal, <laughs> yes. steal Rita Repulsa's broom. Oh, I'm so glad you said that. Honestly, there it is. Oh my God. I think this might Nailed be what it. I confuse so much. Because I also watched the Power Rangers movie a lot as a kid. And I remember there being a lot of parallels between Zordon and Rita Repulsa and her flying monkeys. And the Wizard of Oz. And yeah. Oh my god. It's all coming together for me now. Find me a Kansas teenager with very little attitude. (laughs) How crappy were those guards? They had the jump on them and they had spears. And they still got their asses kicked by the three of them. (laughs) They didn't really want to be there anyways. Because when the witch died, they're like, thank you. (laughs) (laughs) um let's see there was uh another thing oh yeah what was the deal with the death hourglass was like is that the most like uninspired bond villain way to kill someone or (laughs) right was that actually supposed to do anything no dorothy i expect you to die (laughs) my My wife said that it might have been a spell because after like the hourglass runs out She's up on the balcony when they're trying to run out the front door and she like hucks it at him and it explodes like a like a like a frag grenade. So why wouldn't she just turn it the other way when the witch is gone? And I the witch is like, damn, too. this hourglass takes a while. <laughs> <laughs> Again, that was some logistical issues with, with that one. Uh, um. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I there's there's a lot in this part that's either rushed or weird or doesn't pass the first test like just the whole oz thing like toto's the only one that knew there was a curtain that hit some prankster that this whole time was oz i also what is the uh what's the what's the like the the hiring process to be like leader of oz right so he flew in in a hot air balloon and it was immediately made grand like what do they call him, like grand wizard or something like that and well, then I mean, as he's, he's covered in some more source material that, no, like, as, well I, then as he's, he's <laughs> as he's bouncing out in his hot air balloon he like tells the the two like the three new strangers that just showed up the scarecrow tin man and, and the and the cowardly lion like hey you guys are in charge now and then like everybody in the town's like nobody's like nobody's like can I we vote on this like well i mean i, I wrote Dorothy, that down i was like he, pro- he probably dropped a hot air balloon on the original Wizard of Oz. Yeah, that, <laughs> that's how shit works here. I mean, Dorothy was proclaimed a witch before she even walked out of her house. So It's like, it's like the Chronicles of Riddick, you keep what you kill. <laughs> oh, what, a, what a reference. I wish Riddick was in this universe. <laughs> oh, that would have been another good He's complex. He's killing but... flying monkeys. 
what fantasy character would you transplant into Oz? <laughs> <laughs> I love the vanity. Like Oz is the name of the place, and he is the Wizard of Oz, but is also named Oz. Yeah, it's a real totalitarian environment because he literally just goes, "They are in charge now." now is it, <laughs> I, is well, in city, my absence, is the city called Oz or is it called the Emerald City? The Emerald City. That's the city in but the, Oz. The right? nation is Oz. Yeah. 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 <clears throat> it's real weird. Anybody else feel like um, Dorothy was a little bit whiny throughout the entire film? Yeah, a little bit. Yeah. I don't know. But like, I had less of a problem with her character than I did like every other character. <laughs> you know i i allow her to be a little innocent like oh goodness i don't know because it, it plays into her character um but yeah like the lion made no sense to me the tin man okay tin man was baller like he was just axing down doors and like, <laughs> he was the most man of action of them all I, I took note of that i was like the tin man's the only one pulling his weight around here scarecrow just falls down Gets constantly. destroyed all the time. They constantly have to put him back together. Yeah, there was a scene at the end near one of like the uh, like pretty you know active. I don't know. I, I don't want. I don't want to say a fight, but there's a lot of action going on. Mm. And like Judy Garland straight up has a stroke. So, like she has no <laughs> lines, but is just saying like oh oh like fucking for like five minutes. Say it's always sunny in San Diego. Lift your left arm. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, Mike, I've got that, that, that thing for you about the hanging. Is it the oh, yeah. Snopes I p- pasted in? <laughs> Maybe, but... I think I feel like that would be... It would be well accepted at this point if it were true. Um, Apparently an actor hung himself. One of the munchkins did hang himself on set. Um, but it may may or may not have been recorded. They well, think that, that when they're anything. walking through the woods that it could have been that. But they said more likely it was one of the exotic birds got out of their cage. <laughs> Which there was is. another weird thing. Now that I read that, there's a lot of exotic birds randomly placed in this film that I don't understand why. Like the toucan, and I think there's some random goose or crane that's like <laughs> doing a, a bunch goose. of shit in yeah. the background. <laughs> All right, yeah. now I will fact check Shane. Oh, fact uh, check me. Nobody died on stage. Like nobody died during filming. Allegedly. <laughs> but we can confirm that there were exotic birds that is confirmed there's not really anything else to cover in the film as far as like plot so I got, whatever, whatever everything's free game I got Tears one got final point here um, I think it would have kind of been the icing on the cake um, so like the, the pretty much the final like substantial line is there's no place like home um, mm-hmm. it's part of like the, the incantation if you will to for Dorothy to come out of her <laughs> coma um (laughs) but i think it would have kind of been the icing on the cake if had she woken up and the kansas sequence was filmed in technicolor Mm. Mm. like it's like she was colorblind and that whack to the head actually like toggled something in her brain that made it work (laughs) that stroke she had actually fixed her color blindness like you guys can see this way all the time just (laughs) jiggled the the rods or the cones in her eyes or whatever (laughs) I mean, I I think so. The so this is based on a book, right? Um, and uh, you know, in the original source material, they play it straight, where this is like some fantastical journey she goes on. And I I think you know uh, the producers of this movie thought that would be a little too on the nose, a little too uh, little too cheesy, maybe for the sophisticated audiences of 1939. Yeah. <laughs> and, um, that's why it kind of had this like, you know, it was all a dream sort of uh, spin on it. Hmm. You know, waking up from that dream, that that Mrs. Guru or whatever the hell her name is, she's coming back. Yeah, she is. <laughs> Nothing about this is resolved. Unless... You know, it better if she had, if she had woken up and they'd been like, you know, oh, thank God you're awake, Dorothy. Uh, bad news. Uh, the tornado killed Mrs. Uh, Goro. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> exactly. I was thinking something like that or. I don't remember her name. I just made it up. <laughs> Sheriff Johnny Cage came and kicked her out of the key. I think I know where you got that name from, Mike. Goro? From Mortal Kombat. Oh, yeah. With the that was when I early at the beginning of this. Uh, I'll tie uh, it back. 
<laughs> I mean, man. yeah, she wakes up and really like Toto is still deemed for destruction by the sheriff. Like, <laughs> yeah, nothing about that is resolved. And nope. I, I, I feel like without that, this is just kind of a weird movie. <laughs> <laughs> like, what? Now I have to. I was gonna say I have to watch it with Pink Floyd's The Wall playing over it now to see if I enjoyed as much or more. I, st- I still haven't done that. It seems like a big investment. It is. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, in, any final notes before we start talking about trivia and bits and bobs? Trivia. There's a All lot right. of trivia. Yeah, this movie is a fucking nightmare. <laughs> you guys so know that talk- somebody hung themselves in the background? Oh, my God. Stop it. <laughs> <laughs> so Allegedly. Um, we, we talked about all the horrible things that happened to the cast because of safety. Um, so, you know, the director of this actually left midway through to go work on um, <laughs> Gone with the Wind. That's kind of awesome. A, yeah, he was just like, <laughs> yeah, it's good enough in good hands. And kind of passed the buck. Um, now, as far as kind of... Um, uh, there's... There's just tons of trivia with this one. I'm trying to think of what is even worth uh, calling out. If if you have something, feel free to just shout it, I guess. I think the overall kind of drama, uh, like the behind-the-scenes drama, uh, uh-huh. was there. Um, for for decades, there, you know, there was just so much shit uh, between, like, groping allegations and, <laughs> uh, you know, just general mistreatment. There was... Judy yeah. Garland always claimed the Munchkin actors were drunks and they had to have like police <laughs> on every floor, uh, which was then refuted by like one of the Munchkin actors. I, I, I mean, yeah, I guess. I mean, well, that's, why they, that's why they had to unionize. Her. <laughs> that's why they formed the Lollipop Guild. Um, <laughs> yeah, this, this, in all seriousness, this movie was, you know, attributed with, you know, really pushing. Uh, judy garland into a um just a i guess a bad place she she was notorious for drug use and you know died fairly young of a a drug overdose um you know and she was just treated terribly uh, by execs and directors in you know many of her movies but certainly this one um so that's that's sad and she had her iconic song stolen by israel kamaka wiwole Hmm. Son of true. a bitch. <laughs> um, <laughs> oh boy! <laughs> I love the pause. I had to think about it for a second. <laughs> like, Where do I know that name? <laughs> <I was> like, <laughs> oh. <laughs> Oh. I, I missed it. It's it's past my bedtime. <laughs> you know, some trivia behind that. So he called up his like studio director dude, the guy that Rick runs the the place to record at like four in the fucking morning. It was like, hey, we got to record this. I just got like inspired by this song, and so he drove in, opened up the place. He came in. Israel came in, uh, did it in the first shot, and they, <laughs> it was it was it. Like that's the recording. <laughs> Are we Wait. doing a VH1? Look Brother is? <laughs> I can't even understand Shin right now. I'm sorry, I'm just pushing VH1 behind the cut. Like, on Brother is. <laughs> it's like, we got to record right now. I got this inspiration. And it came in and it was, it was hot. I'm telling you. <laughs> All right. Well, if you want Brudda is facts, apparently Mike's got him on in his pocket. Everybody oh. else is doing facts. I want to throw one in. That's oh. good. Oh, uh, he just... Oh. Yeah. All righty. Anyway, so universally well-regarded when it came out. That's why we're talking about it. Uh, it was in the 12th Academy Awards back when Best Picture was Best Production, for which it was nominated but lost to Gone with the Wind. Could you imagine that? Like, oh. you you just wrap up filming. So this movie came out in August, mm-hmm. and it, you know, it's a huge hit. Everyone's like, yes, we got it. And then in December, fucking Gone with the Wind just sneaks in there. With the well, same director the that director, left you yeah. half yeah. the production. It's just like, well, that's back, bitches. <laughs> <laughs> 
And uh, so anyway, well, it, it did win um, best music, original score, and song for Over the Rainbow, of course. Yeah. Um, and it was actually it kind of had some uh, um, financial struggles early on. Um, it just had super high production costs. So it uh, in the initial release, it made about um, three million, which is a giant pile of money. Um, but ended up being a loss of 1.1 million out of the gate. So that's that's Oof. like over 10 million dollars in today's money. Um, it did eventually become you know immensely profitable with re-releases and you know VHS, DVD, whatever rentals, all that kind of stuff. So by by the time you know by today, it's made uh, 29 million dollars. But it was a little slow out the gate just because it was so expensive to produce. Um, and of course, nothing more needs to be said about the legacy of it. Um, yeah. you know, we all remember it. We've referenced. Uh, um, we, we've referenced, you know, like Wicked, the musical, uh, all that kind of stuff. Uh, so th- there's a lot. You know, this is probably one of the most influential films in cinema. But now, um you know, with all that said and done, now comes the moment of truth. Where do we rank this movie in our list? June, why don't you start us out? Oh, boy. Um, I, I think this one's hard because, like I said, without even having seen the movie, like I know the movie and everybody in the English-speaking world knows this movie. Um, we've we've watched a, a few movies now, I think, on that are on the uh, Library of Congress's uh, culturally, historically, and aesthetically significant list. Um, but so far, I think this is like the only one that actually like deserves that distinction because yeah. it's just be- become ingrained in, in our pop culture. Uh, so that being said, I'm going to put it last. No, <laughs> <laughs> worse than hey, the last yeah. picture show. <laughs> no, let's see. No, I think I would have to put this at number eight between Fiddler and Dances with Wolves. Really? Uh, yeah, you just can't ignore like how iconic it has become. I think, and it, it was like entertaining, you know. I, I didn't, I wasn't really bored during any of it. So, yeah, number eight. Wow, Jane. I didn't know you liked Dance of the Wolves that much. Um, so while I get the significance, and like I did enjoy some of it, this was a movie where I couldn't put my phone down. Like I just kept watching and be like, get I got so bored, and maybe it's just like a modern viewing of it, but I don't know. It it didn't like capture me like a lot of other movies did. So mine's gonna be pretty low. I'm gonna put it um at number twenty four, or no no no, no never mind number twenty three above Dances with Wolves, but under Rosemary's Baby. But I do recommend seeing it though. We'll get there. Oh shit. <laughs> <laughs> All right, you got to start over, Shane. So, All right, well, Mike. I do. <laughs> Man, you really didn't like Dances with Wolves, huh? Hi, <laughs> comb your hair, Kevin. <laughs> <laughs> Shout out to our number one fan. <laughs> As of last episode, I don't think. Hopefully, <laughs> <laughs> she's found a new profession to make Mike happy. We're, we're real, we're real hot and cold on this one, I guess. All right, Mike, where do you put it? Um, I can absolutely ignore how quintessential <laughs> this movie is, <laughs> and I'm putting this movie at number twenty-seven underneath Nightmare Before Christmas. Wow! I can absolutely ignore how important this movie is. I, maybe not as harsh, but I think I feel the same way. That, yeah, like it, it, you know, it. You can't overstate how important this movie was for movies, but I. I haven't been grading movies on how significant they are. Uh, it's just not what it's important to me as I watch them. So I'm putting it at uh, 21 between Rope and The Straight Story. Wow. Wow, we really broke from June on this one. Like yeah. a consensus break. Don't worry. I feel like in I feel like in 20 movies, I'm going to be like, why the fuck did I put Wizard of Oz so high? <laughs> we sucked ass. <laughs> June's cribbing his list off the Library of Congress. <laughs> <laughs> Holy moly. All righty. Well, um, the final test of this, do you recommend watching it? Now's your chance, Shane. Oh, okay. Me? Yeah. Oh, 
you have to see it. It's it's one. It's so huge that you have to at least once. June. Uh, I recommend watching it. I don't think it's necessary because, like I said, you already know the story. You know the songs, you know? <laughs> Mike, yeah, if you've watched any kind of like pop culture, you've actually seen this movie in little bits throughout the years. So I don't think I recommend watching it per se, but so no. So I would say um, it's it's worth a watch, but if you want something a little more modern with a little more attitude, you could also watch the Mighty Morphin Power Rangers movie. <laughs> well we'll see you all next week where we will be discussing um oliver stone's jfk that's an oliver stone right oh i think so yeah yeah that'll be an interesting one please sir can i have some more Oliver Stone. Oh my God, God. Mike! (laughs) (laughs) Oh man! Holy shit! Alrighty, well, thanks for listening, everyone. We'll we'll see you next week. And uh, for our alternate prompt, I was gonna say if I had to pick another modern director to direct The Wizard of Oz, I would have chosen Quentin Tarantino. Ooh, nice! I was gonna choose John Woo. <laughs> and instead of doves, it'd be flying monkeys in every fucking scene. Uh, I was gonna go with Taika Waititi. Oh, that's a legitimately good choice. You think Quentin Tarantino wouldn't have done a good job with The Wizard of Oz? <laughs> the 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 witch dying would have been much more dramatic, <laughs> and Samuel L. would have been the Wizard of Oz. <laughs> yeah, that's what I was gonna say. She's a shoe win. Yeah. What was Mike gonna be? Um, I was gonna go with Tim Burton. Tim Burton's Wizard of Oz. Nice. That's just a nightmare before Christmas. Didn't he make one? <laughs> it was the. Uh... Oh wait, no, that was Alice in Wonderland, which is like the same movie, but. Yeah. <laughs> and with that, we'll see you in Kansas or something. <laughs>